Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 21st of January, 2021 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Well, it's warming up in Hong Kong in more ways than one. And while those of us with bridges and kitchens stockpile food for the next part of this adventure, we'll be listening to a story from Lillian about something she just had to deal with. After Lillian's story, we'll hear from Charles about an encounter from his school days. But before we get to today's stories, a big thanks go out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We know things are not easy at the moment, and we want you to know that we are listening. Special thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well. This week in particular, listeners in Milton and Hamilton in Canada, Singapore in Singapore, and Sydney in Australia. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Live shows are still a ways off, so we'll bring you all the stories we can, plus a little bit more. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to be looking at how a story is made and having some more conversations with our storytelling family about what makes a good story and how you can make yours better. To find out how you can get involved, go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with a story from our show with the Hong Kong International Literary Festival in November 2020, here is Lillian. Good evening, everyone. My name is Lillian. I uh, work in an international technology company. Uh, my office is in Causeway Bay, and we have uh, around 100 people here. Uh, so uh, most of the population are female. On the same floor, um, our neighbor is a Korean cosmetic company. As you can imagine, majority of them are also female. So on my floor, there are around uh, 100 women. Then guess how many toilet cubicles are available for these 100 ladies? Four. Let's do a probability calculation. <laughs> Let's say each time we spend five minutes, because we girls just take longer. And uh, every day, let's say during office hour, we go three times averagely, which is reasonable, which means six hours during the day, the toilet is fully occupied 80% of the time I have to queue. Even though the toilet is so competitive, it's still so much more relaxing than my office environment. <laughs> so my role is a post-sales project manager, so I deliver what salespeople promise to the client. Let's say the client expectation is here, so what my uh, software can really do is just here. So every day I'm doing my best to minimize the gap, but clients are not always happy. So each time I'm stressed at work, toilet is really the place I can let go of everything. <laughs> when I press the flush button, I imagine all the bullshit also goes away. 
That's why washroom is very important for me. So one day in the middle of work, I um, also went to a washroom break. Not surprisingly, there was a queue. Uh, while I was waiting, I started preparing. So, by the way, I really want to just bitch about the property manager of this building. In my previous office building in Shangwan, at least it provided disposable seat cover. So when I put a piece of paper on the toilet seat, I feel it offers me a layer of protection. You know, protect me from those germs, herpes, wars, you know. But this office building provides nothing. As a woman, I need to be responsible to myself. I can't let germs touch me. I have my own way. For your information, I'm a yugi or yogini. I practice yoga every day. Um, so there's a posture called ukkatasana, a.k.a. chair pose. So in this pose, you first have your uh, feet hip width part, and then uh, your arms uh, parallel. Inhale, exhale, bend your knees. Take your sides as close to the floor as you can, then lean your torso slightly forward. Yes. This posture I take when I pee. <laughs> and I need to be very skillful because once again, I'm responsible, not just to myself, but also the person after me. So, yeah, back to the queue. Um, finally, it was my turn. So I uh, stepped up to one of the cubicles, uh, slide to the side and close the door. At this time, I realized that Toilet lid was down. Hold on, what does it mean? <laughs> I mean, this happened before COVID, so that time, people are not so aware of the flushing hygiene. So I was looking at it, I was thinking, is there something inside? <laughs> then I quickly put myself up together and thought, oh, probably just overthinking, why, just, why not just open and see? So I took a piece of uh, paper and uh, stretched the arm out a little bit slightly. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to describe in detail now, <laughs> but it's for sure a piece of shit. <laughs> My first instinct was I want to get out from here. I don't want to deal with other people's shit anymore. I've done enough at work, not in the toilet again. But, but I'm really urgent. And then there, there's a queue outside. If I go out and stand in front of people, I'm sure I'll be hated, especially I'm mainland Chinese in Causeway Bay. Our people already don't have a good reputation for queuing. I don't want to be judged again in Lee Garden 25th floor. <laughs> so at that moment, I decided I'm not going to escape. So I pressed the flush button and clean that other people's shit again. Thank you. Lillian, 
showing us how to face our problems head on and get rid of the unnecessary things. I hope her next place of employment has at least adequate female bathrooms. Now, while we're here, I'd like to introduce you to another Hong Kong-based podcast. This podcast explores the collective wisdom of wellness. The host, Donna Etter, brings listeners a selection of nourishing conversations to help you create your own unique path of wellness practice. You can find out more at interested.blog or on Instagram and Facebook at The Interested Podcast, all one word, or on your favorite podcast platform. And now with a story from all the way back in June 2019, here is Charles. I received my secondary education in a local boys' school. Back then, I was shy, skinny, and had a girl's voice. I was always left out when teams were formed to play basketballs, footballs, volleyballs in P lessons. Some of my classmates gave me a nickname, Princess, and they never passed up a chance to make fun of me. So in those years, I kept to myself because I was so scared and I didn't want to get hurt. I did have few friends. Thankfully, they understood me. We had lunch, went home after school together, and then in weekends, we chat over the phone, we hang around. But most of the time, I was alone. My other classmates were acquaintances. They didn't see me as princess, but they kept me at arm's length. We sat together in few classes. We discussed the problems that we faced in particular subjects. A lot of times, we also talked about our future, like which university would you want to go, what field you want to study, etc. So my interactions with these acquaintances were entirely built upon academic issues. One of my acquaintances, however, has left me a stronger impression than any of my friends. We weren't in the same class until Form 6. Um, his hair was always windswept. He never tucked in his school shirt properly. Part of his shirt hem hung loose around his waist. In some of the classes he disliked, he took out a comic book from his school bag, put it on his laps, made sure the teachers didn't seal it, and then start reading it. He had a penchant for swearing in front of everyone. He once dropped the F-bomb in a class, and then our class teacher punished him by ordering him to copy the school rules three times and have those copies ready by the next day morning. Strangely enough, he never used swear words with me. He was kind and polite to me. As time went by, I noticed he always made the first move to greet me with a smile on his face and then walked away without saying anything. We sat together in few classes, and I realized he wasn't a straight-A student, but he excelled in accounting. He once told me he wanted to get into HKU to study accountancy, and then I told him back I want to take journalism in Baptist University. He then replied, Cool, you know what? My neighbor is now studying journalism in Baptist University, and I could ask him for more information about this discipline if you want. And then I said, well, that would be great. I look forward to your help. But in the end, he didn't. Perhaps he forgot it 
and I didn't blame him because we were just acquaintances, and I thought he offered his help as a sign of courtesy only. In Form Seven, I made a fatal mistake in a history midterm test that I realized after I handed in the answer book. A P lesson starts right after test, but I'm not ready for it. I can't hold back my tears, so I run to a restroom and hide in a toilet cubicle. Why did I make such a stupid mistake in the test? I've never done that before. I've been always doing well in this subject. I always come out top in this history class. I let myself down. I let my teacher down, and my classmates will have another chance to make fun of me. So I cry and cry and cry, and only God knows how long I cry in there. And when I stop crying and come out, I'm shocked. There is someone waiting for me outside, and it's none other than him, my acquaintance. The P lesson takes place in a football pitch outside the school campus. So on our way to that football pitch, my acquaintance and I are silent. I blow my nose, wipe my face with tissues, and my acquaintance just walks beside me. He doesn't put his hand around my shoulders or says anything like "It's gonna be okay. Don't cry over the spill milk. You will do better next time." No, he keeps his mouth shut. And all of a sudden, I feel like we are confidants. We are able to read each other's mind. I know he's there to support me. And he knows I put so much effort in revision that I must be very disappointed by the mistake that I make. His presence spoke a thousand words to me. So the next day, I ran to him in the school canteen, and I approached him and said thanks. He just gave me a benign smile, walked away without saying anything. So you may think we became close friends after this incident, but we didn't. We remained as acquaintances. We didn't talk much. We sat together in field classes.、Um, he always made the first move to greet me with a smile on his face, walked away without saying anything. He kept swearing in front of everyone, but treated me politely as usual. I could have never imagined why he offered his company that day. I made a mistake. To, to him, I was just an acquaintance only. He could have ignored me, but instead he stayed and offered me his help. We didn't share many similarities. He loved playing football, but I didn't do any sports at all. He liked accounting, but I loathed it. He enjoyed reading manga, but I preferred novels. You know, just words, no pictures. We were chalk and cheese. And I always feared we'd end up in silence very soon if we had a more in-depth conversation. There was an invisible wall between us, and neither of us would dare to break it, cross the boundary, and reach the other side. However, he did break the wall once and came through for me in my time of need. I haven't seen him anymore since we started university. I didn't end up in Baptist University studying journalism because I screwed the A-level exam. Instead, I got into Lingnan University in Tunmun, took English language and literature, 
two years ago, I decided to start. I decided to further my studies in this field and earn a master degree in Chinese University. What about my acquaintance? An old friend of mine told me he got A in his favorite subject, and was offered a place in accountancy in HKU. When I first heard the news, I was jealous, but more than thrilled and delighted for him, because it was always his dream to study in this prestigious institution, and he made it. So time flies like an arrow. It's almost、um, nine years, and I'm not a princess anymore because I got a man's voice now. <laughs> but still, I'm shy and afraid of making friends. As I get older, I Realize it's much more difficult to meet true friends in what the adults call the real world. So somehow I wish I could turn the clock back to the day that my acquaintance stayed beside me. I wish I could make the first move to break that invisible wall, cross the boundary, and reach his side. So if I did, we would probably close friends now. I'm not sure whether we'll meet again or I'll be able to recognize him in future. But what shall I say if I do run into him one day? In the past, I struggled with this question a lot, but I finally have this idea, and I'm going to share it with y'all. Hey, long time no see. I miss you very, very much. Let's be friends, shall we? Thanks for listening to today's stories, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>